Quicker, quicker, cried Zodomirsky to the coachman. It was the only sign by which I knew that he had seen Mariana. Soon we distanced the other carriages and arrived upon the place of combat, a plain where two great pyramids rose, passing in this district by the name of the Tomb of the Two Brothers. The first rays of the sun darting through the trees began to dissipate the mists of night. Mikhailovich arrived immediately after us, and in a few minutes we formed a group of nearly twenty persons. Then we heard the crunch of other steps upon the gravel. They were those of our opponents. Stamm walked first, holding in his hand a box of pistols. He bowed to Zodomirsky and to the officers. Who gives the word to fire, gentlemen? he asked. The two adversaries and the seconds turned towards the officers, who regarded them with perplexity. No one offered. No one wished to pronounce that terrible three, which would signal the fate of a comrade. Major, said Zodomirsky to Belayev, will you render me this service? Thus asked, the major could not refuse, and he made a sign that he accepted. Be good enough to indicate our places, gentlemen continued Zodomirsky, giving me his sabre and taking off his coat. Then load, if you please. That is useless, said Stamm. I have brought the pistols. One of the two is loaded. The other has only a gun cap. Do you know which is which? said Pravdinay. What does it matter? replied Stamm. Monsieur Zodomirsky will choose. It is well, said Zodomirsky. Belayev drew his sabre and thrust it in the ground midway between the two pyramids. Then he took another sabre and planted it before the first. One pace alone separated the two blades. Each adversary was to stand behind a sabre, extending his arm at full length. In this way, each had the muzzle of his opponent's pistol at six inches from his heart. Whilst Belayev made these preparations, Stamm unbuckled his sabre and divested himself of his coat. His seconds opened his box of pistols, and Zodomirsky, approaching, took without hesitation the nearest to him. Then he placed himself behind one of the sabres. Stamm regarded him closely. Not a muscle of Zodomirsky's face moved, and there was not about him the least appearance of bravado, but of the calmness of courage. He is brave murmured Stamm, and taking the pistol left by Zodomirsky, he took up his position behind the other sabre, in front of his adversary. They were both pale, but whilst the eyes of Zodomirsky burned with implacable resolution, those of Stamm were uneasy and shifting. I felt my heart beat loudly. Belayev advanced, all eyes were fixed on him. Are you ready, gentlemen? he asked. We are waiting, Major, replied Zodomirsky and Stamm together, and each lifted his pistol before the breast of the other. A death-like silence reigned. Only the birds sang in the bushes near the place of combat. In the midst of his silence, the Major's voice resounding made everyone tremble. One. Two. Three. Then we heard the sound of the hammer falling on the cap of Zodomirsky's pistol. There was a flash, but no sound followed it. Stamm had not fired, and continued to hold the mouth of his pistol against the breast of his adversary. Fire! 
said Zodomirsky in a voice perfectly calm. It is not for you to command, monsieur, said Stamm. It is I who must decide whether to fire or not, and that depends on how you answer what I am about to say. Speak then, but in the name of heaven, speak quickly. Never fear, I will not abuse your patience. We were all ears. I have not come to kill you, monsieur, continued Stamm. I have come with the carelessness of a man to whom life holds nothing, whilst it has kept none of the promises it made to him. You, monsieur, are rich. You are beloved. You have a promising...